3: What's up you guys Sean Ross Sap. welcome to Fightful it is technically October 2nd 2023 we are minutes removed from October 1st 2023 this is your AEW Wrestle Dream review and oh boy do we have a review for you here tonight Uh, if you are new to Fightful uh, welcome we're here almost every night we're certainly here every night uh, over the next week, Monday for Raw, Tuesday for NXT, Wednesday for AEW, Thursday for ROH and Impact, Friday for SmackDown, Saturday for uh, the upcoming pay-per-view. But here we are on Sunday night. Uh, we break a lot of news over at Fightful. We'll tell you more about that imminently. But if you're here, leave a thumbs up on this stream. If you want your question or statement read on the air, you can get your super chats in here at YouTube.com slash Fightful although we are simulcasting on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook. We are on all those platforms. Any social media platform you can find, we're over there breaking news. Uh, But you can get your Super Chats or Humper Chats in. You might say, what the hell is a Humper Chat? Well, go to HumperChats.com and find out. I promise you it is safe for work. It allows you to leave questions or statements before we go in the air. And you won't find a lot of outlets that will uh, give you the ability to not just not just have your question uh, answered on the air, but hey, we can dig up the answers. We got the ability to do that. We do a lot of that over at FightfulSelect.com. The Rock coming back, Jake Cargill leaving uh, AEW for WWE, all this Edge business. We've had a ton of news on that. We broke several of those stories on FightfulSelect.com. I know some of you are like, well, why would I pay money for wrestling news or additional wrestling podcasts, yada, yada? Uh, Because we're the best at it. That's why. That's where a lot of this news comes from. $5 a month. And through the end of Monday, we're giving it to you for $51 a year. We're finally providing annual subscriptions. So check it out. Our great moderator, Luis, will help us out with uh, the Super Chats and the Humper Chats. uh, And he will put them in uh, the appropriate area, so to speak. So whenever we get to a segment... We'll talk about it, but, oh, man, what a night, man. Like, listen, I'm with a lot of you. I don't necessarily need a 14-match show, especially when a scrum is to follow. By the way, we'll have we'll have notes from that scrum here, so uh, you won't miss out on anything by being here, but uh, we'll have that uh, covered as well. But, Lord, man. A lot of stuff happened tonight, so uh, let, let's not waste any time. Let's not waste any time and go ahead and get into it. They had a an opening ceremony, which uh, paid tribute to Antonio Inoki. You can tell Tony Khan is very serious about paying homage to uh, to Antonio Inoki. And I thought that was really cool. You had Rocky Romero. You had uh, Shibata out there as well. It was a really, really uh, nice thing to do. Uh, So I thought that was very cool. But during it, they had, they cut to Christian backstage and Christian's whole gimmick is not just going after dads, but people who have uh, fallen, so to speak. But we also had Satoshi Kojima, Keith Lee, Athena and Billy Starks, defeating Diamante, Mercedes Martinez and Shane Taylor promotions, which is Shane Taylor, Lee Moriarty. So uh, Taylor and Moriarty teaming up, I think is, is great. Like, I love Lee Moriarty. He's fantastic. It's just unfortunate that while his team was taking off with Big Bill, the Ricky Starks one took off and the Brian Cageman took off. So I felt like it was a lot easier for them to move them apart. Like it wasn't necessarily catching fire together, but you know that those two can catch fire with other people. I think Lee Moriarty is a really good fit with Shane because I think Shane Taylor is, uh, supremely underrated. They told that story between he and Keith Lee in this match. Uh, you got the storytelling of Athena and, and Billy Starks, which is one of the best things on ROH TV right now in this match as well. But throughout all that, oh, and, and by the way, the, the partnership of Diamante and Mercedes has been a great thing on ROH TV as well. If you're missing that, we got a show on Thursdays we recover it. But Kojima picking up the win is a nice little, hey, New Japan, thanks for thanks for sending him over. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, this, the, this didn't last very long, but it was a good way to get some more women on the card, but there should, should have probably been more. Not, not probably there should have been. Soraya wasn't even at this show as reported by FightfulSelect.com. But But we're definitely going to be talking about that later because they're in a situation with Julia Hart where they're like, how can you avoid continuing to push her? Claudio Castagnoli against Josh Barnett, defeating Josh Barnett. So I've got a soft spot for this, and I'm sure some of you are probably sick of hearing it, but my coaches trained with Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett uh, came from the same lineage as my coaches, so I got a a big soft spot for Josh Barnett. Uh, I had the, the very neat fortune of working with him in the GCW clusterfuck, which was not something I was planning before that day, and then they said, Hey, Barnett wants to do something. What am I going to do? Say no. And I've long believed that catches catch can wrestling on a grand stage, especially the, the type of pro wrestling that Josh Barnett does, can please an audience. And I felt like it really pleased this audience. They took something as simple as inside leg kicks and made them something very threatening throughout this match. And having John Moxley on commentary, I thought added a whole whole lot to this. <laughs> so much so they kept him on for like three matches. He was a treasure on commentary, which is uh, something that we will certainly be talking about quite a bit later on. But uh, I loved this an awful lot. I love catch catch can wrestling. I loved a lot of the respect given to it between the Josh Barnett match and the Billy Robinson Inoki references uh, later on in the evening but uh, even after this you had Josh Barnett really paying <laughs> paying Claudio a, a fantastic compliment and he was like listen Inoki would have loved you and I will vouch for that and that was such a cool thing I'm willing to bet that was uh not planned <laughs> uh, I don't know Josh Barnett real well but I wouldn't doubt that that was completely unplanned. But also, even though it was unplanned, I bet it was something that Tony Khan backstage was like, let's go, let's go. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of thing that he wants. He would he would like his talent to, to be talent that Antonio Inoki would endorse, right? Like, that's something that, that is very important to him, I'm sure. Another thing I found great about this match and Moxley being on commentary... Uh, was the fact that John Moxley was like this is kind of like BCC Civil War, and uh, when he said that, I th- I was like, oh man, he's going to talk about the training, and he did. He talked about how a lot of the training in which he he has underwent and how his style has adapted over the last few years was. Uh, was because of, of Josh Barnett. It's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Getting getting a lot of news in Fast and Furious here. But I mean you guys knew I was going to be a geek for this Josh Barnett Claudio match and and Josh Barnett putting him over. Luchasaurus defeating and crushing Nick Wayne, by the way. So this is interesting because of what we saw at the end of the night. This was about what I thought it should be, because Luchasaurus gets a win. Nick Wayne looks a little helpless in this, but, I mean, he's facing Luchasaurus. It's it's WDB's Kane, right? So, no big deal. But this was a great match to to have on this show, even though it was short and you feel like it could have been on collision or something like that, because it makes you think, ah, we probably aren't going to see Nick Wayne again later. We might not see him. And Luchasaurus gets his win. It shows that Nick Wayne... Needs a little bit of help along the way before he's he's ready to, you know, become Christian or Edge or Darby or anything like that. Greg Carter, the second says Nick Wayne's mom, the biggest star in AEW. She does play a role in that main event later on. But um, I don't know necessarily where it's going from there. But I hope her acting chops are like up to snuff if we're going to see like a lot of her. You know What I mean, but I thought this was uh, wisely booked. Also, very short and harmless. Mike the Jeweler said Josh Barnett looked like Brock Lesnar's brother. Uh, <laughs> he says, I don't know why he would, why he, or why that would have been. Maybe it's the 420, but the match was good. Great to see Mox back and his commentary is on point, especially after all the shit bombs. That man is a treasure, treasure. Darby took one hell of a beating. Lord, he did. He did. And I love the Josh Barnett love. I mean, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Josh Barnett was the UFC heavyweight champion like 20 years ago. And uh catches catch can wrestling is what pro wrestling emerged from. And that's what he he studied and has passed down and and has helped so many pro wrestlers that that you know and love uh refine and, and get better at. So I'm I'm just ec- ecstatic about that. Really, really love that. Also, we saw Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson and Sean Kemp in the crowd. Sean Kemp of the Seattle Supersonics. Um, owns a, a weed shop in town, from what I understand. But Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, I in my opinion, the MMA goat. And he's doing a, a video game thing with Kenny Omega this week, but he's a guy that I long wish would have transitioned over into pro wrestling. And I thought that his five foot three, 145, 150 pi- 50 pound without a weight cut stature would have played to his benefit. I mean, if you think about this, Vince McMahon so desperately wanted a mighty mouse character in WWE to the point to where WWE tried to recruit Henry Cejudo for that spot years and years ago, Henry Cejudo said, nah, I'm going to go to MMA. Then feuded with a guy named mighty mouse in the UFC that the UFC was like, nah, we don't want to push him. One of the all-time greats. We don't need him. Uh, So now he's in one FC. I would love to see some crossover. Uh, I posted a GIF that uh, I think a lot of people would love to see, especially pro wrestling fans, the waist lock into an arm bar that he did. Ian says Mox was the single greatest charity giver to the AW swear jar ever. Oh, he was wonderful. He was wonderful on commentary. We will definitely uh, be talking about that a little bit later. Bacon Rasher says, worth staying up past 5 a.m. Great show, SRS forever. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Uh, Please get your super chats, humper chats, and your thumbs-ups in. We had the acclaimed And Daddy Ass, defeating TMDK. This is Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, and Bad Dude Tito. Uh, I was looking on our back end of the website the other day, and I found an old TMDK interview that uh, Anna Bauer did uh, for us she was uh, working in the Australia scene there. uh, And I was like, okay, uh, we're going to repurpose some of this as some of these people, you know, make it onto, onto screens in front of us. But this match was okay. This was to be a sports entertainment match. It was about nine minutes. This is one I looked at and I was like, this could have been on collision or this could have been on rampage. Uh, As much as I love the acclaimed and uh, everybody loves the acclaimed, this is the one I looked at, and I was like, okay, they could have moved this one to to a different time. MJF defeated the Righteous Vincent and Dutch. So I mean, man, it's been a it's been a crazy year for Vincent and Dutch. Obviously, you know, ROH got bought last year, so their contract status in flux. They went and did that tryout in December for WWE with Kylie Ray and Casey Navarro. Right around the time that that freeze happened. So they had some of just the worst timing to have tried out for WWE because they were in a, a wrestler-specific tryout with with people with experience and, and all that, but they didn't get hired. Neither did Kylie Ray, and neither did Casey Navarro. So that's when I was told, hey, you should keep your eye on this. There's probably going to be some issues here. And unfortunately, they didn't get signed by WWE. I think that they are they would have been a good WWE act. I think they would have been really good, especially for, uh, you know, the planned reboot of the Wyatt family that was going to feature Bo Dallas and Eric Young that, that, you know, unfortunately didn't happen for a variety of reasons. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. But now I think that people, that that a wider audience is starting to see some of what they do. I think it's working out pretty well for them. I think it's going pretty well. And you got MJF kicking off this this match with his promo. Comes out with the two Ring of Honor belts around his neck and the one Ring of Honor belt around, or the the AEW belt around his waist. And um, cuts a promo. Does a very, you know, his very sports entertainment base. And funny enough, it's the ROH titles. But he sets the stage because he's so smart about this stuff. Also, check out his interview that he did with Abu of WrestlePuris. It was really, really great stuff. but. It's really great stuff because what he'll do is he'll set the stage for the most basic of move, a double clothesline, a front drop kick, a body slam, running somebody's head into another person's ass. That is his high spot. He is establishing his high spot, and the crowd wants to go along for the ride. These aren't dumb people. They know he's not doing a 630. They know he's not doing a shooting star press. He is absolutely uh, capable of doing many incredible physical feats and and physical things, but he's looking at it, and he's like, well, if I can get over a body slam or a front drop kick or a double clothesline, and the crowd's going to be along for the ride with me, well, why don't I just do that? Why don't I just make the most of that? And he did. And the crowd went crazy when he hit the body slam. And when he won the match. It's it's very, very smart pro wrestling that we're seeing from MJF. I have long said that he wrestles like somebody you would see on WCW Saturday night in like early 93. And that is a compliment. I love that stuff, man. Like that's the kind of guy... That MJF is. But you know what? If he needs to dip in and do something absolutely crazy, he can. It's just he knows when that is best served to happen. Very brilliant with with that. Um, You know, fine match. It was was okay. Nothing's going to blow your doors off. But this is about getting one of the most over things on the show on the show. ROH World Championship match. And New Japan Strong Openweight Championship Match. Eddie Kingston defeated Katsuyori Shibata. FightfulSelect.com. Best $5 in the business. Best $51 a year in the business. Please subscribe. We reported today that that match came together in the last couple of weeks. Now, I don't know this for sure. This is reckless speculation. But the fact that I heard that, and I know Shibata was at a recent Dynamite, makes me think that Moxley was probably going to face Shibata. I don't know that for sure. Nobody, I've not been told that, but that's just me putting puzzle pieces together because what I do know is that Tom Lawler and Josh Barnett were not planned for John Moxley. That was also reported on FightfulSelect.com, our wonderful scoops thread that we had. Uh, But neither one of those, I mean, Tom Lawler told me outright, and I know that Josh Barnett wasn't planned for that. That makes me think that, Because Shibata, I was told there was a New Japan contingent name that was there and supposed to face Moxley after the Phoenix match happened, but they couldn't, they couldn't do it because Moxley was hurt. And then I was told that Moxley was pretty well deemed like he wasn't going to be doing the show within a couple days. And then that's when Kingston and Shibata was finalized. So. That would lead me to believe that those were going to happen. Izzy says, "Off topic. How about them Bengals? Listen, I got a, a YouTube channel, Common Bengals W. Uh, it was a very depressing show today. It was not good. Not happy with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. So it's a big bummer." Paul Eric Spoonamore from my Canyon Cup fantasy league that I'm getting hosed in says, "Canyon Cup dark horse called an amazing story there." SRS for the win. Awesome. Thank you so much. Great to see you, Paul. Great to see you. Cadillac Carson says, the fact that MJF has me popping for a kangaroo kick is simply amazing. Yeah, I'm going to have to have him teach me that so I can do it to Shaza. 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 Australians tell me to call her Shaza. Whatever. Anyway, Eddie Kingston and Shibata beat the living shit out of one another. As you do. This is brutal. This was physical. This was a story in the championship and the competition. And that was a theme of a few matches on this show. You didn't need necessarily an over-the-top story. You didn't necessarily need a lot besides this title means everything to Eddie Kingston. And Katsuyori Shibata very badly wants to become a world champion because he ha- because he almost had his life taken from him, much less his career. Bacon Rasher says, everyone, Eddie beats, mocks, faces, and beats. That's very interesting. But um, Eddie Kingston and Shibata just beat the living shit out of each other. What else do you want me to review here? They- hey, guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything and you won't believe how simple it is Beat the brakes off of each other. It's it's absolutely my kind of stuff. Absolutely uh, my kind of jam. And I like that Eddie Kingston, he's proven that he's at a world title level. People love him at a world title level. So I look at this and I go, okay, that's the way he should be booked Then, And he absolutely has been killing it. He has absolutely delivered from the Supercard of Honor show earlier this year up through now he has just killed it he's done an incredible job and shibata fortunately has held up physically uh physically here as well because i mean that's obviously a big concern really good stuff here tell you what also is good stuff my friends did you spend too much on that pay-per-view tonight Do you want to save yourself a little bit of money next time nord i've often talked about uh how much of a pay-per-view buyer i am take that any way you want it but i'll tell you how i take it nordvpn.com slash fightful fastest vpn on the planet global server network all that good stuff that's great but a big big reason why i got nordvpn.com slash fightful is all the pay-per-views i buy all the money we're spending we're trying to control costs as a company as a household you can get those UFC pay-per-views at a fraction of the price that you're paying here in America. Plus, you can get all kinds of great content that you wouldn't normally see thanks to those services as well. Shows that are on overseas services, things that you want to watch a little bit early so you get on that UK time and watch them, being able to change the interfaces of things like the WWE Network, maybe you don't like Peacock, anything like that. NordVPN.com slash Fightful gives you that ability while having the fastest VPN on the planet. Also, you just get so much more out of your internet experience with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Subscribe to, to fight. And AEW Plus, watch AEW without commercials. Uh, Watch bare-knuckle boxing. Watch UFC pay-per-views, boxing pay-per-views at the rates they're getting over in the UK. Change your virtual location with just one click. And hey, if you need any help using it, they got that 24-7 tech support. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Eloquent sends in a super chat and says, any idea when Jack Perry comes back to TV? No, I heard he's going to be missing quite, he's going to be missing out on quite a bit of money. Five-figure amount of money for the amount of time that he's missing. Which, I mean, he's already missed a month. So you can pretty much deduce that. Uh, Angus Dury Fox, you sent a super chat that didn't make any sense. Gonna need you to make some sense of it. But uh, Julia Hart, Chris Statlander, boy, is it working with Julia Hart. It's coming together from a presentation standpoint, from an in-ring standpoint, from an overness standpoint. From everything, like, her entrance is such a superstar entrance. She's delivering in the ring. Chris Statlander rarely has to play second fiddle when it comes to being over, right? It's usually usually her. She's usually the one. Tonight, you could see what Julia Hart was. And uh, she recently got married, so probably, probably honeymoon time, I would imagine. Taking the L here. You got Brody, who's outside the ring, being you know the, the physically imposing guy. You've got Malachi Black, who by his own admission is, is rehabbing an injury but says that he can go. You got Buddy, who has been in Australia. So you know, she's been carrying things, and she's brought the House of Black to new heights with some other people absent. That's not a shot at them. Everybody in that group is great. But the one that had the most question marks around them, Julia Hart, now is the one that everybody wants to see. Julia Hart is now sort of, I don't want to say the leader of this group, but probably the most over of of the, the four. Just incredible the way that this has come together. So now we are in a situation with AEW where Tony Storm and Julia Hart do not have championships. They both lost championship matches, but they are incredibly over as a character. So within the company, and you do have some women's wrestling detractors within the company that don't take notice of this and don't look to capitalize on this then it is a self fulfilling prophecy. I know internally there were some people that took exception with the fact that Tony Khan did not tweet out the justified. This is awesome chance. From what I understood, he was tending to something and and missed it. That's that's basically uh, the gist I was given. But there were some people that thought that like they side eyed that. Obviously, why why wouldn't they? I mean, that was like the only thing that he tweeted throughout the night was justified. This is awesome chance. And then the women who have barely been featured on this show one and a half match if you count the 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 eight person tag the amount in which they're featured on dynamite is not necessarily up to a lot of people's uh, desires or standards but you have people like julia hart and tony storm who are not the champions but are finding themselves ways to get over tony storm's one of the smartest that's my advice to anybody in wrestling, but especially the women. Find a way to get yourself over in sixty seconds to ninety seconds because that's what Tony Storm's doing. Julia Hart was able to do it by being around other people that got screen time. And then the next thing you know, well, we don't want to beat this girl who's leading helping helping lead the charge of this group. next thing you know she's won twenty five matches in a row. Funny enough, WWE at one point forgot that Alistair Black was on a year-long winning streak. He just didn't lose for a year. Then they just unceremoniously beat him. At least at Julia Hart, they had her have a hard-fought title match with another very over-talent in Chris Statlander. And Chris Statlander got a clean win. This was a really good story, a really good match. Julia Hart was put in this position and she delivered. Chris Statlander uh, gave her the appropriate amount of shine, I thought, and gave her the appropriate amount of attention, beat her in a very convincing way, went from the tombstone, then threw her up, put her in her finish. That's a wrap. I thought this was executed really, really well, as was most of what we saw on the show. Jamal says, hope to keep Julia's momentum going. We'll see. We'll see. It wouldn't surprise me if House of Black weren't on TV as much because of the absences and the injuries. Sawyer says, Sad we didn't get a Statlander, Brody, Sirloin, Beef, Hoss spot. <laughs> Extremely digging Julia's success. House of Black forever. I mean, if if you can fall, I don't want to say fall, because they they've booked her and they presented her this way. If you can get into a situation like this with AEW, This is a great way to kickstart that division. Listen, you can think about what you about Soraya, whatever the hell you want. She's objectively famous within the world of wrestling. Doctor Britt Baker DMD has proven herself as an anchor of this division. You got Hikaru Shida who always delivers, and now you got Tony Storm, and you got uh, you got Julia Hart that are getting over, and Chris Statlander as a champion. If you get Mercedes in there as well. That is, that is an awfully nice seven-piece attack there. You get Thunder Rosa back as well. That is eight really solid pieces that are all over as well. Utilize it, implement it, capitalize off of it, maximize it. Because people who are, are detractors of this are, are going to point at ratings and viewerships. It can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. People will watch what they care about, and they will generally care about what they're given reasons to care about. You can't just have somebody off TV for two months, then just have them pop up, get a title shot cold, and expect people to care about them. People cared about Julia Hart, and they were invested in this match, and they wanted Julia Hart to win, but when she lost, they were like, you know what? She did good. Chris Statlander's great, too. Manuel says, "Wrestle Dream was great. Showed so much love to the art of wrestling. Only bad thing was how women got one nine-minute match on a four-hour card. Yep, I think there should have been two women's matches. At least, at least. N. Simmons says, feel bad for Chris Statlander because she doesn't just doesn't feel special, and that's on TK. You really need to show that he cares, especially if Jade becomes a star. We know she can be in WWE. More might leave. Well, I'll tell you this, WWE, by the way, guys, Pythonselect.com, best $5 in the business, best $51 a year in the business. We broke the news that Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW, that Jade Cargill was leaving AEW. I'm telling you guys we're we're good at this stuff. Uh, give us a subscribe. You're gonna like it a lot. WWE did very, very smart things by one, how they reintroduced Cody and subsequently pushed him because he is a major star. And how they announced the Jade Cargill stuff because they rolled out the red carpet for her and they showed AEW talent. Look at what we will do for you. Look at the machine we'll put behind you if you make the jump. Andy says, seems to be an expectation on Twitter that Punk is going to WWE. What's your feeling? I think it's almost impossible for a deal to happen. I think that if they wanted to sign him, he would sign. That's how I feel about that. That's, I think that uh, he would probably do it. Yeah, I think he would probably do it if he, if he, if it was an option. Winner gets an AEW tag team title match at any time. Young Bucks defeated the Lucha Bros. uh, Orange Cassidy and Hook and the Guns. Uh, Ray Phoenix appears hurt again. Snake Bitten Man. Fightful Select.com in our Scoops thread reported that uh, Ray Phoenix actually got hurt on the same spot that John Moxley got hurt on a couple weeks ago. There has been some heat on Rick Knox for how that was handled, but uh, we'll see what goes on there. But they did hamper the match. It certainly did. Again, a fine match, but on this show, I expected probably a lot more out of this match. And it, let's see, it was below the, the main event, Danielson Sabre... Tag title match, Strickland and and Hangman and Kingston probably wasn't top five for me. Good match. Nothing against it. I did see some fatigue online over FTR and Young Bucks, though. I certainly did see that. Another FightfulSelect.com scoops thread report. Uh, Young Bucks and FTR for LA, full gear, has been discussed for quite a while. We know the Young Bucks are good. Orange Cassidy and Hook. Um, I mean, Hook's on TV, and he's got that FTW title, but never really defends it. At least it doesn't feel like it. He and Orange Cassidy being just the, the man of few words team, I think works pretty well. I don't think the guns get nearly enough credit for how good they are, especially Colton at his experience level. And having not worked in front of crowds for significant part of that career the guns are their father's sons they are so good with body language and selling and maximizing things and making you laugh a little bit but also getting under your skin a little bit i don't think they get nearly the respect that they deserve in that sense but uh hopefully hopefully they do hopefully they do We got an incredible match here. Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Page. Let's get some super chats and humper chats in about this one, guys. This felt like a main event. This one felt like an honest-to-God pay-per-view main event. And by the end of the night, there were like three matches that did that. Uh, Before we get to that, Adam Weller says, I don't like thinking like this, but if I were an EVP, I'd think strongly about the optics of appearing in a TV match when the women are so absent. Mm. They still got to work, man. They're they're big stars. They're big stars within the company. I agree that women should be featured more, though. Certainly do. Uh, Someone also says, uh, uh, waiting for their username. New Lack City says, I hear you about the women, but I've also noticed an improvement in the last few weeks, including some main events for the women. Julia Hart is a star. With Mercedes looming, TK can send a message. That they'll do better. Christian is a menace. Yes, and I think he needs to. I think he needs to. I don't think it should just be when Mercedes shows up either. I think it should be right now. I think that, that it should be as they stand before Mercedes comes in, that way people can't say, well, it's just because Mercedes showed up. Like, that's it. No, no. Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page. This felt special. This felt like a main event. Prince Nana is over. Nothing makes me happier. He's he's a wonderful dude. Like, he is a wonderful dude that people constantly tell me is easy to work with swerve is pure evil man and hangman is that guy that you look at and you go man i just know he's a good dude and i hate that he's sad and what they did here was they fed him to seattle they knew that swerve was going to be more over there they knew that swerve was going to get this reaction they knew that the good guy the wholesome good guy sad boy adam page was listen. He wasn't going to get cheered over Swerve Strickland, and they knew that. So the optics were, for Hangman, like, he's trying to do this for the people, but the people, they're not going for it here, man. And when Swerve beats the snot out of him and goes and tries to break his arm and, and tear his limb off, they're like, yeah, we love it. We're sickos like him. We're all from this same place. Ooh. I mean... This is the city that they were calling home for Josh Barnett. (laughs) Okay. Sicko. Good way. Swerve Strickland. Sicko. Good way. Darby Allen. Sicko. Good way. And Brian Danielson. Sicko. In a great way. These are people that really love harming other people or have no regard for their own physical well-being. Well, Swerve had no regard for Hangman's physical well-being. I really, really loved the story of them working over Hangman's arm. And then by the time that Hangman goes for the Buckshot Lariat, which won the fan vote in the FightfulSelect.com voted uh, Fightful Awards, finisher of the year. Just, uh, he couldn't, he couldn't get the pin so good so good brent lockwin says hangman swerve was an absolute clinic need to use this to launch swerve into the next level whatever that is yes so much of the top of the aew card is okay it's adam cole who came from wwe he was somewhere else before but still chris jericho well Been all around. You got a bunch of former WDB names like John Moxley and Brian Danielson, et cetera. But it's time to launch Swerve Strickland into the stratosphere here. Uh, By the way, note from the scrum edge, uh, according to Tony Khan is full time and will wrestle a lot. Great news there. Thank you to our moderator, Luis for, um, Picking up these scrum notes for us as well. Greatly appreciate that. We're going to be giving you those that way. We, you guys don't got to hit the bricks. Uh, but, oh boy, we're going to talk a lot about Edge. <laughs> Pretty shortly. Uh, Edge says he's never faced Samoa Joe. He talking about a lot of people that he wants to face. Uh, again, we'll provide you notes from that scrum. Swerve Strickland over Hangman Page, though. This is what you need. You need Swerve Strickland beating Hangman Page, and dare I say soundly. And this is a, sh- a match that could have absolutely headlined the pay-per-view if they wanted to. But considering what was closing the show, you got to have Edge close the show. Swerve, Swerve delivered. Swerve was put in this spot. And via promos, facial reactions, crowd reactions, he delivered. He he went back to whose house? Swerve's house like four times. It was was outstanding. Edge says that he never faced uh, Samoa Joe, Sting, Swerve, and others. He said that it felt free tonight. He said it reminded him of his indie days as Sexton Hardcastle. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. He does confirm that he is... Full time. I mean, this is big, guys. Or uh, we're gonna really expand on Edge in a bit. But you lose CM Punk and regain Edge, and regain Edge. That that's helpful. Ricky Starks defeated Wheeler Yuda. You had to give Ricky Starks a bit of a, a rehabilitation win here because of him putting over other people. Baco Five says went on commentary mox mentioned that ricky seemed to not want to be there any truth to that or is that to start a program 10 out of 10 a to be pay-per-view ricky can make himself look like he doesn't want to be there in like a number of ways and i mean ricky is a very i don't want to say aloof guy but like if ricky thinks that you're 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 messing with him he's gonna give you that side eye man It was a fine match again on this show it was sort of it was sort of overshadowed and it's one that I was like okay this could have been on Collision or Dynamite as well and they probably could have made this a a 12 match show by moving the acclaimed match and moving this match Tony Khan says that Adam Copeland will be on both Dynamite and Collision this week and uh he will face luchasaurus on the tuesday night dynamite next week oh shit brother <laughs> Oh, my God. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and get the ad read done because I can't wait to talk about this match. fitbod.me slash PPV. You want to check this out. This is going to take your workouts to a new level daily workouts goal and experience settings muscle recovery the ability to connect to all your devices they have timed intervals circuits and supersets equipment selection this stuff has helped me out a lot as i'm trying to get in the best shape of my life and the thing i like about it when i travel it is so useful so maybe you have weights one day you have bands the next and maybe the next day you don't have any equipment you can only do body weight exercises Fitbod is going to cater your workout to that. And it's going to cater your workouts based on how fresh your muscles are. You can ask a trainer. You can use video demonstrations and exercise instructions. If you don't know what you're doing, you need to stop guessing and start working. And at fitbod.me slash PPV, you can redeem your 25% off code. And you can download to try it now for free. Fitbod, that's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash PPV over 150,000 five-star reviews and over 5 million downloads. Fitbod.me/ppv. Check out our friends at Fitbod. Rex Fortune sends in a super chat. Big thank you. He says, "I want more for my boy Yuda. I know he's a young lion, but he has insane potential. He does have insane potential. Um, there, I think there's still just a little something to put together there." And hey, Swerve had that at one point. Hangman had that at one point. A lot of people have had that at one point, that one little thing that you just got to put together. I think he'll find it. I think he'll absolutely find it. And you can see him actively working to find it. Uh, I've mentioned this story on the air before, but when he had his tryout, uh, when he had his tryout with WWE a couple years ago and didn't get hired, I was kind of tipped off to the the change in NXT's method. They were going towards the 2.0. Because when they didn't hire Yuda, there were people in the company that were like, well, I don't know what we're looking for then. Like, he looked good. He wasn't too small. Uh, he, he checked a lot of boxes for them. He could already work, but was moldable and coachable. They weren't quite sure what it is WWE wanted. Today, if he went into a tryout, they would hire him for sure. Chris Nolan says, that is Tony's birthday as well. When he said during the announcement of Adam's match, Adam just laughed. Uh, Tony said, best present ever. You know what? Good to see AEW pick up AW after Jade Cargill left. Uh, listen, I love the transactional nature of pro wrestling. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, I love people jumping from company to company. It's obviously good for our business. Uh, we get to report on that stuff, but yeah. Uh, Fightful Select had reported, my God, even before Edge's last match in WWE that people in WWE and AEW were expecting him to, to hop over. Okay. I don't rate matches one by one anymore. I used to have a rating scale, one Fightful, where basically every match would start at a five. And it would go down, it would go up. It'd start right in the middle. But, man, people are just too weird about match ratings, right? Like, I I just don't like it. Like, I dread every Friday morning when I see all those tweets that say, oh, this person gave, or Dave Meltzer gave this amount this many stars. Not because I don't like Dave or anything like that. I greatly respect him and and appreciate uh, what he does. It's the discourse around all of it. Because it's his opinion, man. If you've got a problem with how he rates a match, well, guess what? go rate go rate the match whatever you want, and it means exactly the same as what he rates. i rate, uh, the guy down the street rates. it's subjective entertainment. Uh, subjective wrestling it's it's it ain't that serious. That being said, Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. is a 10 out of 10 match to me. This was the beauty and the art of pro wrestling. This was working over like a finger going in and out of submission holds. Ones that you probably hadn't seen in a long time. Excalibur compared this to Antonio Inoki versus Billy Robinson. Again, I had the wonderful fortune of meeting and doing a little bit of training with Billy Robinson before he passed. And uh, the knowledge in which he held was very special. Obviously, the knowledge in which Antonio Inoki held was very special. And the knowledge in which these two gentlemen possess is just supremely special. It was incredible. This was... exactly what you wanted out of a dream match with these two styles. They would... They would show how threatening the strikes were, while also exposing how amazing the counters were while transitioning in and out of like some beautiful submissions, then going into pins and making you bite on those. This was wrestling art to me. And I got some people in the in the chat asking me so what what other um recent ten out of ten matches have I had. Uh, listen, um, Omega Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom, Omega Okada, um, FTR Briscoes. Um, there was uh, Sasha and Bianca at Mania, Bianca and, uh, Becky at Mania, Becky and Charlotte Last Woman Standing was a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, there's, there's, I had, I'll put together, uh, Seamus and Gunther Clash of the Castle, was a ten out of ten for me as well. Yeah, I, I don't like I said I won't rate matches individually, but I'll loudly and happily and proudly proclaim I consider this a ten out of ten match. Don't mean a damn thing, just conveys how much I loved it. Bacon Rasher says I never knew I needed Darby versus Zack Saber Jr. till tonight. Yeah, that would be an interesting styles clash as well goth style pile dri- pile driver bleh, said man Moxley up and said Danielson was into love making tantric love making on commentary so uh I- I'm not dropping f-bombs on this show but John Moxley took the headset off like it mattered and then screamed <laughs> screamed let's go Brian f this guy I loved it man he treated it like he was there cheering for Brian Danielson, and he was. Give me a ramped up John Moxley on commentary, nonstop. Listen, I sometimes I listen to the Bengals radio, and we've got you know, a lot of radio stations have like that former player that is a homer. And while your team is running an eighty-yard TD, the play-by-play guy is trying to call the the action while the, the old players like, yeah, yeah. What so we got? We got Dave Lapham doing that. That was John Moxley. John Moxley was Dave Lapham, and only people from Cincinnati will probably understand that. Dream Ninja says Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. was worth the fifty dollars alone. Julia Stat was great. Julia rules. Edge debut was great. Really fun show. Zack Saber passed up shaking Brian Danielson's hand after the match, which I, I found pretty interesting. Shibata and. Uh, Eddie Kingston did, you know, they they shook hands at at the end of that match too. (sighs) This is the match that if you think you don't like technical wrestling, I would encourage you to watch this match. So for some reason, you're like, you know what? I don't know if that's for me. Well, give this match a shot. Give this match a try. One of the best matches I have ever seen in my life. And uh, for those of you asking, I will try to compile a list of 10 out of 10 matches that I've rated. I might uh, might do like a little video on that, on Fightful Select, which Patrick Faruga says, best $5 in the business. Well, Patrick, uh, through the end of Monday, it's the best $51 a year in the business. You get almost two months off when you sign up for an annual membership, which are now available for the first time ever at FightfulSelect.com. I know a lot of you are like, why would I pay for wrestling news? Well, listen, I think there are a lot of great aggregators out there, but there is yet to be one that I have not had to correct. Uh, when you uh, want to ask questions on stories that are reported by Fightful Select, you can drop in the comment section. We'll do that. I got Q&As every week. Grapsity has one every week as well. Over 40 additional monthly shows. We had preview shows and additional review shows for both pay-per-views this weekend. FightfulSelect.com. Beth Phoenix posted a photo of a sticky note on their fridge that said, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. Be back in a few Adam and the letters. A E W were <laughs> capitalized. Adam Copeland said his daughter told him he should be with uncle J meaning Christian. Listen, I would not have minded to see them sort of join up so to speak, but, um uh, Ah, what what a special moment. Sawyer says, Mox also called the match a big Johnson swinging contest, but jokes aside, his insightful calls were fantastic. Yeah, he talked about how Brian had a plate in his arm that could be used as basically as a fulcrum uh, during the match, which I thought was was a very, very interesting approach there. Uh, Adam Copeland said that he saw so much potential in luchasaurus whenever uh he would watch aew edge said that he's always loved working the parts on parts of creative in wrestling Uh, he loves attention to detail and he used to badger directors on the sets of movies that he did as well so uh looks like uh, they could be getting some help on that end as well Adam Copeland says he went to get a cheeseburger because he hadn't eaten in 14 hours. Somebody saw him and freaked out, but told him to shh, and that was the only incident. I can confirm. I didn't see anybody, like, I didn't have anybody coming and telling me, oh, he's there, he's there. I had people in WWE all week as we posted on FightfulSelect.com saying, yeah, he's he's going. He's going. One person said it was a lock. One person said it was 100% happening. Like, I need to, uh, seems like I certainly need to, uh, invest in that person. Bully Ray is annoying, said SRS. I've been a Swerve fan forever. This finally felt like the star-making moment for him that he deserved. Bully Ray's tweet after the match is why people can't stand some wrestling personalities. Let people have their moment. What a bully ray tweet. Uh Luis, if you if you don't mind, if you could dig that up, let me know. I yeah, I am I'm not a big um tearing people down when they're getting their special moment type of thing. Oh man, I'm just looking back at the pictures from that Zack Saber Jr. Brian Danielson match and like the finger bending and that that sick ass dragon screw leg whip where Zack Saber's knee got planted. Uh, When I spoke to Zoe Stark about her knee surgery, I was like, hey, what move are you maybe a little hesitant to do because of that? And she said, dragon screw. If there's gotta be one, dragon screw, for sure. Don Callis' family defeated Kenny Omega. So Kenny Omega's lost like nine matches in a row. Sammy gets the win. Uh, Takeshda effectively has won Three straight matches over uh, Omega. Just wow. Um, this is, I first off, the right move. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Kota Ibushi lose nothing by losing this match. There were some cool spots like the triple moonsaults Omega, uh, Jericho, and Ibushi. Ibushi has been through a lot physically. He still isn't quite that guy that we remember, but he's also one of those guys that is, is held in high regard um, because of what he's accomplished and because there are a lot, of, a lot of story points that they can go to for him. However, having Takeshita, Sammy, and Will win is probably the right call. My thing with Sammy is I know he's capable of great things but to me it's it's a lot like the Austin Theory type of thing in WWE and I don't know necessarily what that is now with Austin Theory when I see him teaming with uh Grayson Waller I'm like shit that's that's good stuff with Sammy I don't know if I really want to see him like latch on to anybody else because I've seen that for so long. And really that's when I started to have the, what is it with him? What is it with him type of thing? Cause I think that he's got the talent in the ring and an ability to get heat outside the ring to stand on his own. He's another one where I'm like, one day he's going to find that thing. And maybe that thing is Don Callis. Maybe that's what that is. But, uh, yeah, I think that, that he will find that and Don Callis might be that. Again, a fine match that was overshadowed by so many other matches, but I think the booking decision was a good one. Bully Ray said, awesome physicality, not much in the psychology. Tune in tomorrow about Swerve and Paige. That That is him trying to get you to tune in. That is Craig Carton stuff right there is what that is. I'm going to say this actually good thing was actually bad. Tune in to find out why. Oh, man. FTR defeated Aussie Open to retain the AW World Tag Team Championships. I didn't think this was as good as their first one, but saying that, it was still a fantastic match. They had no regard for one another. They were just beating the brakes off of each other. But we saw some some tag rules enforced. Also, speaking of referees, it was really great to see Aubrey Edwards, who was in the crowd, crying when Brian Danielson retired in WWE. Um, Brian Danielson brought her in, raised her hand, and embraced her after that match. But in the tag team match, it was great to see some stuff enforced. I love that. And I would love to see that in FTR matches where they are sticklers for the rules because they really are they really care about the psychology of their tag team wrestling they care about they care about the way that that things are perceived and making things make sense so FTR defeat Aussie Open it looked like Cash maybe got hurt at some point hopefully not Hopefully not. I mean, it is, you know, it is tag team wrestling, so they could probably hide it and do some, like, quick switch if he was. But hopefully that's not the case. But FTR and Aussie Open, you know, anytime they're in a ring together, much like FTR and Young Bucks, they're going to have a lot to live up to. And I, again, fantastic match, wonderful psychology, great in-ring, rules enforced, stakes, all that good stuff. It was on a show where there was so much incredible stuff that I don't think that this is going to be the one that sticks out nearly as much as their previous one was. And it was an incredible match, I thought. I know there were some people who thought it missed a little bit of juice, thought it maybe missed a little bit of passion, but I didn't see that. I thought that, I think, I feel like every, let me reiterate, I thought, I feel, I think, it appears to me, that FTR always had that passion when it comes to tag team wrestling. There may have been a concern over Cash's you know, physical well-being or something of that nature. There was a nasty pin breakup at one point as well. That was pretty filthy. I was like, damn, uh, the Kyle Fletcher one? But this is a match, uh, as reported on FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business. They'd wanted to do this match at Forbidden Door. But uh, Mark Davis was injured and, uh, unfortunately, uh, couldn't do it at that point. Who boy. The main event of the evening. We'll ask Luis to uh, sort of refresh the highlights of the scrum. Christian Cage defeated Darby Allen, so Darby Allen got a quick pin on Christian Cage, who was beside himself. And then they went into sicko mode. And listen, I'm gonna rewatch this, but God damn, I loved, I loved the plunder, and I loved the, the drama and the silly pro wrestling bullshit and. I even love the recklessness, and I, I am always genuinely concerned about the, the safety of the professionals in which we watch, because without them, you know, we, we can't um, we can't cover what we cover and enjoy what we enjoy. Mo says, I'm getting worried for Darby at this point, their stair spots were gnarly and not on a holy shit way for me, turning from his fan and to his mom. Dante says the last match was brutal with some of the spots. Boy, let's count the ways. Darby takes a couple of spots on the stairs that even looked like Christian was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Darby went back first onto the stairs. There's really no way to minimize that. There's really no way to protect yourself from that. That being said, I'm not going to concern Troll. Darby knows what he's getting himself into. And thus far, we have not had a situation where Darby has emerged from one of these spots and had his career or life threatened. I trust his judgment more than my own in a match like that. And also, if you're going to do a spot like that, how many times have we heard people say, Oh, my God, you're doing a spot like that on, on TV? Why not save it for a pay-per-view? This is the main event of a pay-per-view where, as Matty Nice says, uh, they elevated both titles, mid-card titles so high. That TNT title sincerely means a lot to him. He told me outright. He's like, man, that if I never win the world title, that TNT title is something that means a, a, an immense amount to me. There were a lot of sick spots. They put Darby on the stretcher and Christian does a frog splash from the top rope to the outside. Christian missed 7 plus years or almost 7 years. Never thought we were going to get to see him wrestle again. And we have got to see him main event shows technically in WWE, Impact Wrestling, and AEW in his less than three years back. Just, we are very fortunate to be living in an era of where we we still not only get to see Christian Cage perform, but we're getting to see Christian Cage perform at an extremely high level. And also, I do want to say this. For a lot of you that are worried about Darby Allin and his physical well-being and whether or not he should be doing these spots, I understand. However, look at who he was in the ring with tonight. He was in the ring tonight with a guy who, from 1999 to 2001, 2002, was getting a lot of those same, same criticisms. He was getting a lot of the, you'll be in a wheelchair if... Your your career will never last if. Now, granted, he had seven years off, but that was due to a concussion specifically. He's in there with Christian, and Christian, even though he's got to do some demented sicko shit to him, is going to protect them to the best of his ability, and Christian is well aware of how to do that. Christian is more than adept at doing that. Christian is one of a handful of guys you want in the ring doing that, Because there are few people in mainstream pro wrestling, cable TV pro wrestling, that are more experienced at doing that at a high level than Christian Cage. That's how I feel about that. Sawyer says, so do we know what makes this a new era? Thought I missed an announcement. Was Tony just being a promoter? A rated R era, maybe. Uh, He said it was the uh, end of an old era and start of a new era, and maybe it is uh, just the rated R era, but I mean, it's the end of his WWE era and the start of an AEW era. (sighs) Kenny Omega at the Scrum says there's going to be a lot of fresh angles with Adam Copeland put over other big names coming into the company since it was a big risk for them to join when the company first started. It's important to let others know that it was safe. Omega called the pay-per-view a smorgasbord of styles. Jericho referred to uh, himself and Omega as the Golden Jets, a play on the Golden Lovers and a tribute to Bobby Hall. MJF also accidentally called Adam Copeland Edge, which panicked TK. Tony Khan is very particular about uh, people not calling people by their WWE names, if possible. So after at the end of this match, Nick Wayne comes out and rightfully attacks Darby Allen. So, if you're Nick Wayne, why are you pledging allegiance to Darby Allen? We have heard them talk about the fallout between Buddy Wayne and Darby Allen before Buddy's passing um, on camera, which is not an accident. I don't think it's an accident that Brian Alvarez mentioned it either. Good on him. Added to the story. However, Darby just readily welcomed A.R. Fox back with open arms after A.R. Fox and Swerve broke into, or effectively broke into Nick Wayne's home, assaulted him, and left him in a bloody heap. Huh? Do what? No. That's dumb. Why would you do that? Well, that's why you get cracked over the head with a TNT title and pinned. Well, then it happened. The thing everybody is talking about. Everybody wow edge is in AEW. the lights go out we see him driving to the arena in a bit of a cinematic and then a newly recorded you think you know me hits and then metal listen I hate to beat the drum but fightful had today a story best five dollars in the business where uh, everybody in aew is expecting him to come in WDB as well. And we talked about his music and that there would be no real reason for WWE to maintain an exclusive license on Metalingus because they didn't expect him to leave. And they're certainly not going to procure an exclusive license upon him leaving, but they're going to pay all that money for nothing. Well, WDB doesn't have it. AEW is going to have it now. So they did have to re-record the You Think You Know Me, but that's not trademarked, so they got it. They've got the Edge presentation. The only thing they don't have is the Edge name. He is Adam Copeland, but he's still the Rated R superstar. I thought for sure they wouldn't be able to use that, but they are. The Rated R superstar on merch from Taz's mouth. Adam Copeland is there. Someone pretending to be Bow Wow says Ed showed up in AEW before I did. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. We are, we've got plenty of super chats to get to. We're going to hit all of your topics about Edge. Angus DeRee Fox says, if truth is really sad, it's happy for a lot of people. He's got a lot of fresh angles. He's got a lot of people that he likes that he's going to be working with. Uh, He teases doing a concerto to Sting and then attacks Luchasaurus, Christian, and Nick Wayne. I'm here for it, man. One that I never thought was going to happen. I never thought Cody was going to go back to WWE either. I'm here for it. I want this. I want this freshness. I want this excitement. To WWE, from WWE, same way. Alex Fitzgerald says, Seeing Edge, Darby, and Sting in the ring gave me chills. It's going to be great seeing him work with new talent and working with Christian again. Edge versus Omega. Sign me up for that dream match. Yeah, Edge versus Omega is one. Listen, infinite possibilities. The entire roster he's never really worked with before, besides Brian Danielson <laughs> and Matt Hardy and, and Jeff Hardy. But you can play off of fun stuff there. It's so far removed, it's fun again. Uh, Z Johnson says it was so careful to say spoiler free all day, and it was so worth it. The excitement I felt in the vignette. The little goosebumps I got hearing Metalingus play was so surreal. Like hearing Kingdom in WWE. Yeah, that's a special type of feeling, right? When you hear that theme, like you hear that Kingdom theme that was prevalent in AEW, first time in WWE. Then you hear Metalingus in AEW. Oh, that is so rad. Adam Weller says, it was 4.50 a.m. in the UK. I was so unsure of seeing Adam Copeland, the performer, without the Edge moniker. I've known since my first day watching Metalingus hit. I was nine again. Great debut. I thought it was a phenomenal debut. That was a phenomenal debut. KE775 says, have you heard any reaction from W? Well, I was going to read that, but um, it's gone now. Luis, please put that chat back up. says, uh, just have you heard any reaction from WWE higher ups. Uh, or do you think they'll have a response in terms of another signing? Or do you think it's a, we wish him well, and we're moving on. I think it is a, we wish him well, and we're moving on. Uh, but, uh, like he's provided so much to WWE. It's just like a, go get him, dude. It was a lot like that with Adam Cole too. Adam Cole did a lot to really help out WWE when he could have just hit the bricks and left and left everybody high and dry. And I, to this day, have still never talked to a WWE higher up or anybody in the company that spoke ill of Adam Cole. I'd be shocked if I ever hear something like that about uh, Adam Copeland either. Like, even when I would talk to Steve Macklin, he said that when he was in WWE, Edge would try to help him too. Jonathan Corona, thank you so much for the generous super chat. Uh, By the way, guys, get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. We are at the main event. We are heading down the home stretch. He says, I just want to say something. Do you know that, uh, that WWE owns edge, Edge's name? Because you guys say Edge is Adam Copeland and TBA TBH is good news. Yeah, they own the Edge name. WWE owns the Edge name. We can call him Edge, and we will likely accidentally call him Edge a number of times or on purpose because we are not bound by those copyrights. However, when AEW is utilizing the name, they are bound to those copyrights and those trademarks, and they cannot use that name says good news though Jade and Punk to WWE, Adam and Mercedes goes to AEW, a win for everyone. If they get Punk possibly, uh that remains to be seen, but still Jade is going to be a big win for WWE in their system and I've had somebody say uh, edge to AEW or Jade to uh WWE who won uh won that trade. You know that's that's a really interesting one. That is a lot like the That's a lot like the Reds trading Edwin Encarnacion for Scott Rowland. The Reds wanted somebody with proven playoff experience, a veteran who could handle a lot of different things in that way, and they knew it would translate really well. What the I believe it was the Blue Jays wanted out of Edwin Encarnacion was a guy that could knock the ball over the fence and hopefully would do that about forty times a year for several years after that. Defense wasn't great, needed a lot of work, but they got the DH. They got a lot that can protect Edwin Encarnacion. That's what that was. It was Edwin Encarnacion for Scott Rowland. You know what? Scott Rowland played great for the Reds. Edwin Encarnacion played great for uh, the Blue Jays for a number of years. So that's how I look at that one. Uh, One that hopefully benefits both sides, even though it wasn't really a trade. Rock hard. Joel Wood says, what's this closing of one era and beginning a new one that Tony talked about all due respect to Ed, but I don't see a big wrestler debuting as a new era because it happened so much. Um, I will ask Kate if she will, uh, Ask about the new era. And we'll see if uh, Luis has an answer for us. But uh, I do see, absolutely, I see Edge debuting in AEW as a big deal. I don't know about, like, era, era. Maybe if you're talking about his personal era. But also, I think he is a major star to have on a wrestling show especially if he's going to be wrestling as much as they think that he is, especially with the history he has with Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, uh, Christian, and then all of the new people that are associated there. This is a big deal. AEW losing Jade Cargill, losing CM Punk, and replenishing with Edge and likely Mercedes. Boy, that, that's good. Now, ideally, you'd have them all, but that that's not the way it played out. Luis says, not going to lie, I <laughs> thought it was going to be Sammy Callahan from the intro of the vignette. Seen that intro far too many times. Listen, I love Sammy Callahan. I'm going to be talking to him Monday. We broke the news on FightfulSelect.com that his contract was coming up, that he's a free agent, that John Moxley was pushing for him in AEW, but this was not the spot for, for Sammy Callahan. Brent Lockman says, Edge debuting by saving Sting from a concerto from Christian. Go back even five years and tell someone that and watch their head explode. I really hope Roddy tries to recruit Sting and Edge into Neck Strong. Mod Matar, 31-month member on Fightful. By the way, if you become a member here on YouTube.com slash Fightful, uh, you got behind-the-scenes footage, a lot of exclusive things that, we, that aren't up for other people. I'm going to do uh, a tour of my other studio set over there. Now that we got the silver play button, says hoping WWE just doesn't erase Edge. Now looks like he left on good terms. Happy for him to kill it in AEW. I've heard nothing negative. I'd be shocked if uh, if they erased him. Bad Rocket says the new Edge shirt on PWT says "Rated R" era on it. Pretty sure this is uh, the new era with Edge in it as a full time wrestler. Uh, yep, yep. I think that's, that's it. Blind Wolf Gaming says this is definitely the shot in the arm AEW needed. The past three pay-per-views haven't missed. The next three months for AEW will be really interesting heading into 2024. Fightfulselect.com reported that we'll likely be getting December pay-per-view news. Maybe New York City. Now, I don't know if this means ROH or if it's going to be a new AEW pay-per-view with integration, but... Um, I had been told by people at WBD that they very much considered the ROH pay-per-views uh, among that schedule. Jake Kohler says, I can't believe WWE let the rated R superstar trademark go dormant in 2014 and not renew it. I popped as a kid in November 04 when he started to use metalingus, but to hear it again was like hearing it for the first time. Adam Copeland to AEW confirmed. LFG uh, per David Bixon's span he stated WWE had not owned the trademark to rated our superstar since April 2020. Yeah, I mean, obviously tonight I'm gonna be working on a whole lot of uh backstage reactions to Edge joining AEW and a lot of what a lot of people think about it. Uh, but they there's gonna I know there are people surprised that they were able to get that. Um, not as many people surprised that they were able to get Metal Lingus. He says, with Adam coming in, it feels like Collision got some of its star power back. Thoughts? This is what I've been streaming since, since Punk left. I feel like they needed a big star like this. I feel like they really, really needed that. CMFTR no longer, but give me rated FTR. Yes, please. That's a good one. Rated FTR. Sawyer says, Edge and Christian versus Young Bucks will be special. Oh, yeah. It will be. AJ Lamb says, Edge with that Jeff Hardy urgency. Boy, he stopped. He hit the pose. He had the, the pyro, all that shit, right? Oh, brother, give me that. Patrick Faruga says, the rated R superstar has arrived. Doug Savona says Adam Copeland officially in Aew, and James Stalling says the edge pop was insane, definitely up there as far as pops go. Amazing. Yeah, it was a special moment. It was something uh, very cool. It, like when and then when they put Christian in the main event, you kind of knew that was coming. Chris Nolan says, I noted uh, that very close to the pay-per-view, they started to talk about the four-year Dynamite show being the new AEW era, so maybe more developments on Wednesday's show. it does seem like the era thing is tied directly to edge. Got the last couple of super chats, Humper chats. Go ahead and get yours in my friends. A big, thank you to our moderator, Luis for helping us out. Says Chris Jericho, punk, Brian, Jeff Hardy, Christian, now edge all my childhood favorites showing up in AEW along with my current day favorites is wild. Yeah. So one of the things I both loved and hated about TNA back in the day is they were just like, Randy Savage, Hawk, Animal, Kurt Hennig, Nikita Koloff, anybody we can get footage of, please come do our show. With AEW, it's a little bit different because usually they're like, how can we get footage of you and have you wrestle? Because DDP did it too, right? (laughs) So yeah, um, I think it's cool that wrestling history is AEW history. Mike the Jeweler, our good friend, always sending in very generous humper chats. And Humperchats.com says, on this day, I see clearly. This pay felt a little di- bit different, good different. Tony dropping Inoki's picture. SRS, what's up, my friend? Hope all is well. As always, keep up the great work. Best $51 a year in the biz for the best news. See you on The Hump. Well, I will be on The Hump on Wednesday, but that's not it. Uh, Monday, I got the Backstage Report podcast on FightfulSelect.com. Got the list goes on on Wednesdays. Got my Q&A show over there every week. So if you want to support us, FightfulSelect.com. Listen, this is always a down period for us as far as subscribers go. Uh, So I would always appreciate if you guys would plop down that five bucks and support original content. I know there are a lot of different ways to get content. There's a lot of different ways that you can get news, but uh, I really encourage you support original reporting so original reporting can continue. Uh, subscribing to Fightful Select helps support 40 plus staff members that we provide jobs to. Uh, so that is always greatly appreciated and uh, helps us keep the price of it down as well. Because I would like to keep it $5 uh, as much as Jimmy would love to up it by a dollar. I would love to keep it $5 uh, forever. Christian is now appearing at the Scrum. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, guys, sincerely, thank you all so much. Uh, I just want to say I appreciate you guys. Uh, so many of you showed up for this post show. I don't usually do a lot of these pay-per-view post shows by myself, but I had uh, some people say, you know what? Why don't you do some on your own? So you know what? By God, when we have people out. I'm going to do some on my own. I'll be able to answer answer more questions for you. We'll get them done a little bit sooner than we would uh, otherwise. Doug Savonas says, Edge versus Kenny in Toronto next year. Oh, buddy, that's got to happen. Christian is saying that he doesn't have any friends other than Luchasaurus. Hmm. Well, all of you are my friends. Thank you all so much. We greatly appreciate you guys. If for some reason your super chat was missed, um, Let me know. I'll make sure it gets read uh, on the next show. But thank you all so much. We're out.